Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. All right, welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, back in the studios for another episode. Man, how's your deer season going? Well, it's been, uh, I got you a good one. Uh, me and the kids have been a few times. We haven't really seen anything worth shooting. We're we're starting to get a little picky. You know, Are we? Yeah, we were meat getters to begin with, but uh, here lately they've gotten... We did our Texas trip, and we come right. back, and we had more meat than we really needed, so we gave some out to folks that we knew, and then my little brother called, and he was in for Thanksgiving, and said, man, look, you know, miner wants to go, Anna wants to go, could you take one of them? Sure. Yeah, just send whichever one of them you want with me. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I get miner. Well, me and him head off, and about 30, 40 minutes before dark, uh, Mike sends me a text, and he's like, Anna got her first deer. She got a doe. She got a doe. And I'm like, okay, do I tell miner or not? Because <laughs> right now we're not seeing anything. We had a coyote run within 40 yards of us, and I had snatched the rifle up from him. I'm like, buddy, he's got to go. Uncle Jake, I want to shoot a deer. <laughs> I said, miner Jay, I want to shoot a coyote. I have cows. There's livestock in this pasture. That dude needs Coyote's to go. priority right now. Well, I was I was vetoed, and we sat there, and then right before dark, he had the opportunity, and he got his first doe. I saw the picture. So we got two first deer in the same evening for the pool kids on the same evening. And Ryan Miner's the one who killed his turkey this year. He right? was. I got his turkey on film. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now I'm I'm probably I'm hitting prime uncle status. There you go. You know, I was in yeah. on the first turkey. Uh-huh. Not gonna say it was all my doing. I was in on the event, and we happened to get it on film. And then he and I were able to take a deer together. So right now I'm I'm his lucky charm. I think is the way he's looking at it. But well, our deer season's been pretty slow. You know we uh, we went up to Kentucky, got Dawson his first one, and then him and I made a hunt back back at the house and didn't see anything. So then the the next evening was little brother time. He wanted to go, which he wasn't going to shoot. But I gave him an opportunity. But he's like, I don't want to. I just want to go. So I set him up a, a ground blind, and him and I went and. We actually had some deer come out, but you know how deer are to a to a fresh ground blind. They were good till they spotted it, and I had the the stomp and the and the look, and he didn't. Uh, they didn't. They didn't last long. But other than that, man, I hadn't duck season fired up, and my deer hunting mellowed. Well, most of the listeners on here might not know, but you and I are some of the time deer hunters and all the time duck hunters. Absolutely. So if I have the opportunity to chase a duck or a turkey, I'm all over it. Uh, a deer, I get invited to go on some really good hunts, and you know, man, come on, we'll we'll cut you a break, come hunt with us, you know. And it's like, yeah, it sounds nice, but uh, you got any turkeys? <laughs> you know, I can come a different time of the year, and you know, if those things are a pest, if they're eating your feed for your deer, oh yeah, I would sure be glad to help you out with that, and we can we can kind of shorten that. Yeah, it's funny how my my deer hunting. I love to bow hunt, but then when duck season starts up, I'm just I may run out and get one for meat. But other than that, I'm I'm duck hunting. The bad thing is, is uh, our guest today is, is probably one of the most knowledgeable. I'd be willing to say the not most knowledgeable deer experts that we've had on the show. 
and and you've got two guys that are some of the time deer hunters. <laughs> We're about to learn something that may actually turn the tables for us. Well, actually, before we even recorded, he was he was educating us on stuff I didn't even know. So That's no, a, I, I kind of felt like I was in algebra class <laughs> back in high school when they'd ask you a question and you thought you knew the answer, but you were wrong. Yep. So today, we've got Mr. Rex here with Vapor Trail Sense. Mr. Rex, how are you, man? Hey, man, doing good. Enjoying this for sure. I'm, le- I'm learning about duck hunting. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mr. Rex, you hang out with us. We can teach you some stuff now. now it may not all be right, but we can we can definitely show you the way we do it. Uh, it's like I tell other people, if you had not ever done it, just don't do it. Just don't even get started. It's addictive. Oh, it's addictive. Yeah, I, if you like to hang out and visit with other guys and, and gals, and, you know, if you enjoy shooting the breeze, kind of like we're doing here on the show in a blind, because you don't have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You do have to be still because ducks pick up motion, but, you know, you're calling it ducks. You have to be quiet when there's ducks in the air, but you'll have lulls in between where there's nothing flying, and, you know, somebody's somebody's telling something. Somebody's picking on somebody. It's always something going on it's more of a social sport i guess you could say yeah i've been very blessed of course i'm a lot older than you guys and i (laughs) i actually got to duck hunt some of the best country in the united states really i lived well i lived on narragansett bay up in connecticut and rhode island up in there i spent uh couple of winters there and uh, a guy from north mississippi gary walker he was at the time he was an exceptional caller i mean we we shot ducks like katie barred the door you know but, well that's uh, probably a little bit different ducking than what we're used to down here i'm willing to bet yeah it, we was in kind of in the salt water there and uh but i've uh i was a construction worker a welder mm-hmm. so i've lived in pretty much every major city in the united states everywhere there's a big plant nuclear plant chemical plant been there huh? gas refineries and whatnot i've worked on them been i did that for 40 something years so oh, wow. I've, I've hunted and fished and fished pretty much every major trout stream in the united states montana new york and everything in between everywhere i'm a like i say i'm a very blessed guy when it comes to that and i'm a guy that I love all fishing and I love all hunting. There's not any of it that, that yeah. I don't like. I love it all. This being in, I, I'm a guy that can sit in a tree for 24 hours and see <laughs> nothing, you know. <laughs> well, I have found that I am not one of those guys that come to deer hunting. I can sit out there in the, in the in the duck woods. I can sit there all day, but it comes to deer hunting. I'm one of these couple hour sit guys, and I'm about done with it. <laughs> it depends. It depends yeah. on what I'm seeing. If there's something constantly moving. I'm I'm pretty happy now. Yeah, if there's nothing moving, then I'm 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 one of those that almost want to get down and go walk around and see if I can't <laughs> see something move, which no I know doubt. is always a bad idea. But yeah, you know we grew up dog hunting, mm-hmm. so you were on a constant move. You were listening to dogs. You were you know somebody had a CB out telling you you know you got to move around at this point or move her to this point, and you were trying to keep up where other hunters were. So the sitting stationary for hour upon hour. Now, if there's a turkey goblin, I can move. I can sit there and not twitch a bit. Oh yeah. If he's close enough. If not, I'm on to crawl going to him. So, mm. it just depends on what. That's right. It, we spend more time deer hunting with the kids than than I do. Now, I used to be an avid bow hunter. I used to love to go, crawl up a tree and bow hunt, but 
the kids kind of fuss at me now. I'm not allowed to shoot their deer. <laughs> it's amazing. It's my property and my feed and my my work that goes in it, but it's their deer. So, yeah, yeah. we were probably the same way when we were that age, though. And that's what I do. My boy, he's 27, and I I let him. I've this year I let him walk till he can come up there and shoot him. You know, because I was divorced back when he was little and. I don't. I don't think he's killed, but like five deer his whole life, you know. And heck, I've killed so many; it don't really matter anymore. So, matter yeah. of fact, last year I never shot the first deer. Last year, really? and and hunt every day that I can, you know. And said, mm-hmm. of course, we film and we try to get as close as we can to them, you know. And I mean, we've literally had them eat corn between our legs, and that's here in Mississippi too, not up wow. north, what not like that, and. Well, that takes I mean, uh, that takes some gear to be able to do that, and I guess you just so happen to have the necessities to make that happen. We there again. <laughs> <laughs> we got what we call a thirty-three point buck. It's a cover scent. Yeah. It's nothing but plants that we gather in the woods, and we make it right here. Gather it right here in Mississippi and make it. But it's been used in Africa. I mean, we've we've shipped to France and switzerland and australia and what it it works everywhere but it's plants that actually come here in mississippi and i mean we have literally been laid on the ground in ghillie suits and had hogs nose to nose we'd be breathing the same air and then and and a hog can smell 500 times better than a deer really i did not know that yeah and we've literally we've literally done that and what we'll do we'll put the corn a row of corn out in front of us about two foot so when the hogs come in they'll be eating and their fit their legs their back legs will be right there in front of us Hmm. now we've grabbed them multiple times (laughs) but ain't nobody never held on to one yet (laughs) i bet not and you can go on our Facebook page, Vapor Trail Sense, and you can actually watch the videos of us doing it. You know? That's pretty awesome. But, well, yeah. now you, you, you've kind of led into it. Tell everybody what, what, what Vapor Trail Sense is and, and how you, you kind of developed it. Well, what happened was in 2008, and like I was telling you before, I traveled all over the country, so I never really hunted. I never did a guided hunt or anything like that. We was just always on public land, you know, mm-hmm. and whatnot like that. And uh, these guys there around the house there was going on this hunt over in Alabama, and one of the guys couldn't go, and they said, man, come go with us. You know, we got a house rented there on the place, and they're going to put us in the stands. And I said, man, I ain't never done that before. And uh, so anyway, I went. Because we was going to do some cooking and, you know, just like you duck hunting, just right. have have a good-to-do time. Didn't matter if we killed anything or not. And uh, I had a shower, and I had all of the right clothing at that time, you know, that they told us worked really good and this, that, and the other. And I had everything. I had got a shower, shampooed with all the right soap, everything of that that period, the top-of-the-line stuff. And... I walked down the steps of the lodge house thing we were staying in and got in a Suburban. The guy drove me up to the stand. I climbed up in the stand. The wind was blowing the wrong way across where the green field was, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I turned around. I told the guy, I said, man, the wind's wrong. 
He said, don't worry about it. He said, he's going to come up, come out out there in front of you out here. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. 23 deer come out. Every one of them smell me. Mm. Now, some of them got enough. They snorted, run. Some of them just, it was like you stretched a rope across there. You know, when they hit that line. That was it, huh? Yeah, one spike hit that line. They actually walked up under the shooting house I was in and, and went out the other way, you know. And uh, I said, I had a little 6 by 12 inch window. That's what my scent was going out. I said, man, this is, they got to be away. Yeah. They got to be away. And then I started studying scent, how scent worked, how it grew, and and deer. I started studying deer, and, and so I come up with a thing we call the vapor maker that puts the scent in the air in a liquid form, just like it comes off of us, our perspiration that the deer picks up and whatnot like that. So the deer would pick it up in the woods, and it would be natural. Mm-hmm. And then I got with uh, a retired game warden. His name's Sammy Corley, and he was making scent and stuff like that. And him and I started working together with it. And we we call it the 33-point buck, and we call it that. We call it our God thing because <laughs> when we manufactured it to start with, we sold it as an attractant when we first started out because it's nothing but food source and the deer love it and we say god had to hit us in the head to show us what we had you know (laughs) and he did (laughs) we was in illinois on a hunt and we was they got these strip pits up there where they strip the coal out of the ground Mm -hmm. and they're real long and we was hunting on the side of one of those strip pits and it was a long walk in there and a rough walk so we would get in the water with the boat and go down and that morning i plugged the motor up and it sprayed gas all up my arm well at that time i toted three vapor makers i had one with my dough and heat i had one with one of the scent eliminators that uh that was on the market at the time and i had one with our our 33 point buck as an attractant you know mm-hmm. and i sprayed that scent eliminator on my arm it didn't even phase it. It was 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, dark as could be. And I, I grabbed the one with the 33, and I sprayed it, and I smelled, and I couldn't smell it, you know. And I'm, I'm getting up there a little bit in age, so my cousin was hunting, and I was filming. So I stuck my hand. He's 20 years younger than me. I stuck my arm over there. He said, I don't smell nothing. So... We left there. I went to Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. I bought every scent eliminator they was made. And we took Listerine, gasoline, and Grace Perfume. And we tested every one. I got three women, one elderly lady, one middle-aged, and one young lady. And they would stick their finger in gasoline. They would spray it with the 33, and they would smell it. And they would say on a scale of 1 to 10 how strong it was compared to, to the beginning part of it. And, and uh, the 33 never, never got past a 3. Only one time they gave it a 3. Every other scent eliminator was never under a 7 hmm. that hmm. we sprayed. 
and did. So then we knew what we had, and that's what we do. We got guys, I mean, um, we got like 80 people use it every day, every day, you know, and and they may be sitting on the edge of a food plot and be 20 deer on that food plot and the wind blowing straight across it. Now, when they walk in there, they're going to smell it, and they're going to throw that nose up, and you're going to think, oh, my golly, they fixing to bust out of here. But they'll go, they'll figure out what it is. They go right back to eating, and they may walk within two foot of you. Hmm. You know, and I've got videos. A guy was in the mountains in Idaho, sent me a video of uh, the does licking it off his gloves where he sprayed his gloves down, you know. Oh, wow. I figured he was somewhere, you know. I said, oh, he's a tame deer, this, that, Yeah, he's in a pen somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, he said... He he texted me, he said, man, he said, I'm in Idaho. He said, I'm in the mountains. <laughs> you know, he said, there ain't no tame deer in here. No, those, most of those deer probably have never seen man. Probably. There's a good possibility there. But, uh, but it's the technology today and what we know. And like us, we film all this stuff, and that's where we learn. You know, you watch that deer, and you see the moves that they make that we never seen before. You take that camera, and then you you go back and you plug it up to that big screen TV, and you see all the movements they make and why they move it. And and as we're sitting in the stand, I'll do movements and hand motions and stuff like that to... uh, you know, to see what they react to. And, I mean, you, you pick it up so easy. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, it's just it's like computers in a way. You know, it it simplifies everything. Yeah. Well, in, in the early early times of the company and, and making everything, what, what, were, what were some of those times like, for like the trial and error, you know, of, of, making, of making the sense? What, what, what did you see that? that really didn't work, that did work in, 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 the, in the early days of it? Golly, that's <laughs> – I'm old. I can't remember all of that. <laughs> but one thing um, one thing I, I do remember um, when we first started, too, because it's plants, we had a growth in it. And it was stopping the vapor makers up like Katie bar the door. You know, we had a website and everything. I mean, we were shipping everywhere and selling them all over the country. And and that that growth was stopping them up fast as people get them. You know, and it was really it was really awesome because the people was calling us not to complain about it. But, look, I need another tip. My tip stopped up. This thing stopped up. I need another one because they weren't getting busted. They was they were hunting and seeing deer and having having deer lay around them and, mm-hmm. you know. You yeah. say a growth. You had an algae? Yes. Or something well, that was in there or a bacteria or something that was. We even sent it up to Mississippi State. We never learned if it was a bacteria or um not an algae is not the word i can't remember now you got a bacteria and you got another um, well did y'all did y'all figure out how to get the growth out or did. did you change the tip to where it handled it better no we did figure out a way that we we used another plant 
And a lot of this stuff we went way back into Native American times to learn about. I mean, and even today, we make lotions and everything out of plants that that we made off of what the Native Americans used way back then. You know, and and even the scent, the scent part, the biggest part of the scent comes from Native American times too. What we of how we did it, but you was talking about how we made it and all. We can only make three gallons at a time. Hmm. That's it. If you make any more or any less, it won't work. Really? And you can't use today's technology to do it. You got to do it the old timey way. When you cook it, you got to do it the old timey way. You can't use the stuff that all the easy stuff. It's got to be the hard way <laughs> <laughs> to make it to make it come out hmm. you know it's uh it's really something though it, it's it's unbelievable that the stuff that we've been able to do with it and how in the world did y'all come up with the proper recipe i mean was it trial and error of, of adding this and taking that out or adding some more of this or that's why we call it our God thing, because we really honestly and truly, <laughs> don't know. we don't know. I'm not kidding you. We do not know. <laughs> so that was the first product, because I, I, mm-hmm. from my understanding, you got several products out. But yes, but the 33-point buck was the, was the original, I guess, beginning. Yes, was the original. Well, we did make, at that time, we made the 33 and it what we didn't call it the thirty three then either. I and I that was another thing that name just popped in my head one day. Everybody said, "Where'd that come from?" I said, "I, I guess you'd say that's a God thing too, because <laughs> it just popped in my head, and that's what we named it." You know. Yeah. But that time we made a dough and heat, a dominant buck, and and the thirty three, and that was it. That was the only three cents we had when we first started. And the only thing, of course, now you know. Y'all know we make headlights and mm-hmm. all kinds of all kinds of stuff now. Right. And we actually kind of merged with uh, Scientific Explorer and Bresser, which is you know pretty much a billion dollar company. So okay. now, now we have access to scopes, binoculars, and uh, GoPros. You know mm-hmm. the GoPro cameras and everything you know, straight out of the factories, and we're able, right now, we're actually building a motor uh, for you duck hunters. Okay. That's going to duck hunt in a kayak. Yeah. We're making a special motor for a kayak that basically you should be able to do about 18 miles an hour and run in two inches of water. So if you want to I would love get, to test that out for you. <laughs> if you want it, well, we built the prototype. We built it right here in Natchez. We built the prototype. We saw already it's at uh, Scientific Explorer now. The engineers are drawing it all up, and hopefully by this spring we'll have it done. So it's a surface drive type motor, I assume. Yes, okay. yes, yes. The steering is what had is, and and there again. It was a God thing. We never even dreamed. It just, we we took a component to make it out of so it would make it less time consuming and all. And we had to do some stuff to that component to make it feasible to work. And that component wound up making steering unbelievable because you can't sit on a kayak and steer left or right 
behind you you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying you got to right. be able to steer and so simple i mean it's unbelievable if you once you get to see it you're gonna say oh my golly you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it'll go on like that kayak uh, you can't see it right now but there's yes. one right over there it just yes. mounts on to the back yes i built what i did was now there may be some kayaks out there now because i did this last year uh, when I went to the NWTF last year, on the way back, I hit every kayak place they was. You know, you got up there, you got a lot of shops that's pretty much straight kayaks. Mm-hmm. And I had them, and all the way back, I come down around through Alabama and all, and I hit all of the shops. Of course, those guys, when they see what they was, oh, man, we got to, you know, as soon as you get it, let us know. But I measured every kayak they was. The sides, the depth, the whole nine yards, and I designed a motor mount that will not only work with this motor, it'll work with any other motor that will fit every kayak there is out there hmm. and and work. And you can actually put the motor off of the back or off of the side or in front of you, anywhere you want to put it, this motor mount is, is feasible to do that with. That was... Yeah, that you've was, got me intrigued. I want to. I definitely want to see this and test one when yeah. you get it out there. Yeah, well, if I you got, need a crash test dummy, yeah. there's there's two right here. Well, we <laughs> built uh, we built right here. We built electric one, and we built a gas one also. But wow. the the gas one I think is going to be the most um, because a guy will be able to. Let's just say you wanted to go out, go down to out to Ship Island or whatever. You know, you run in 18, 20 miles an hour. You could run out there. You watch. You got your phone. You watch. Well, if a storm or if the weather looks like you can be in in, you know, what no 45 minutes. You yeah. know, you'd be all the way in, no problem. You know, so you could literally run out there and fish around, whatnot, and run back. And you know, the the reason I I came up with this is because I live on the Homochitta River. Mm-hmm. The only thing you run the home Chitter River with right now is an airboat. Yeah. And I don't want no airboat, you know? (laughs) I got seven boats now. I don't want no airboat. (laughs) But, you know, we're we're doing a lot of stuff. I thought I had a lot of problems. He's got seven boats. (laughs) No, and there's a problem every day there. (laughs) Well, everything you do, just like I got a duck hunting boat. What a go devil on it, you know. You gotta have if you're gonna duck hunt, you gotta. Yep. You got one. I do not have one currently. No. Okay. No, we generally it. we generally wade in everywhere we go. Okay. Uh, most time we're not in a boat. Now we've got mm-hmm. a buddy or two that has boats, so if they're mm-hmm. gonna go in on something, we usually pile go in with in. them. And but most time we're we're wading up, going in. But mm-hmm. now that sounds interesting. I'd, I'd I'd be really interested in looking at that when yeah. you get it out. We've got 16 projects right now that we're we're working on, and we actually got a duck decoy, too. Really? Yes. Is there anything you can share with us on it? I can tell you a little bit. It's a bit. decoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not, not that shaky weight one. <laughs> it's not an attractable decoy. Okay. It's a decoy that if you went out there, you could take a 100 of them and probably put them out in... 20 minutes and then probably probably pick them up in 40 minutes no matter if you needed your anchor down six foot or 12 foot 
they'd never tangle up. You could you could reach and grab one in the middle of it, pull it out of there, and hmm. and have it out in in the water in probably four seconds. Interesting. Yes, but the only problem with it is there's already a patent out there for it. I'll ask you about it when we get when we're, when we're, guy, when we get off air on there. The guy don't know how to make it waterproof. Okay. He got a patent on it years and years ago, mm-hmm. but it won't work. Hmm. And now that we got it, that'll work. And I don't know if I ought to be saying that on here or not. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't let out too much information. <laughs> well, getting back to the to the sense, because I know that's kind of. Your your primary yes. focus, I guess. The- yes, but we need to tell these guys how to make these bucks do what they want them to do. What we're going to do is we're going to explain to you that that scrape is that buck's cell phone. That's where he gets his messages from. We get our messages from our girlfriends, whatnot, on our cell phone. So that's why I say that scrapes his cell phone because that's where he gets his messages from. Okay, a deer's normal body temperature is 104 degrees. That's so those deer that live up in that cold, cold weather and whatnot, they can make it. If our body temperature was 104 degrees, we'd probably walk, be, we wouldn't, all of us got jackets on right now. We definitely wouldn't need them. But when that doe comes in estrus, she's 112 degrees, okay? He, he builds that scrape, and he cleans that dirt out on the ground the reason he does that because she's going to come in there and get in the middle of it and he has that overhanging limb that's dead center of that scrape so when she comes in there and she'll hunch and she'll urinate and that steam off of her just like when we urinate on a cold morning is going to go up and stick to the bottom of that limb then he'll come in there and he'll smell course he'll smell long before he gets to that scrape he'll smell he'll know she's been there and he'll go over there and he'll run that stick in his mouth that limb and get that urine off of there and he'll run that through his olfactory he'll know exactly where she's at in her cycle and know to start getting ready for him a doe will do two things to make sure that that buck finds her in her cycle She'll walk around bleating, and she'll work those scrapes. He has multiple scrapes. Everybody says, well, why does he have this whole line of scrapes? Well, this doe may work this scrape, another doe work this other one, another one down there. And uh, so what we do is we take our doe in heat, and you you take your sprayer and you spray the bottom of the limb just like the doe did and don't spray in the dirt the acidity of the soil kills the pheromones in your urine and ruins it all of those scent dripping stuff and whatnot is really really and truly you you're wasting your money you spray the top of the grass and the leaves a little bit around it and it doesn't take a lot just a little bit. If you get, if you try to get too carried away with it, and you you got a five year old, six year old deer, it may throw a flag up to him because it's more than 
more than he's normally ever anything like that you know throws a flag up that's why another reason we talk about chemicals and i'm jumping off the subject a little bit but one thing we need to know chemicals do not belong in the woods Mm -hmm. anything chemical that doesn't belong there and that that deer that deer smells it it's gonna throw a flag up to him yeah it'd be like you walking in your house smelling propane to him you know what i'm saying Something's not right yeah a deer can smell a thousand times better than you and i so we we stick our nose in gasoline that's what our scent smells like to that deer because he's a thousand times, he amplifies it a thousand times more than we do. A hog can smell 1,500 times better. So you're sitting on the ground and a hog walks by you and he don't pick you up. Believe me, your scent's covered. Hmm. But, and, uh, we uh, what we did. We talked about how we made the preservative for the thirty-three earlier, and we used a plant. Come to find out, that plant will preserve urine. Hmm. So now, as far as I know, we're probably the only company in the world that has a preservative that will preserve urine. We don't have to, and we make a kit we call a scent maker kit. So when you kill a deer or, or any animal you want to save elk or whatever, you want to save the urine on or your coyotes so you can use a coyote hunting or whatever, you can take our preservative and it comes with all your bottles and your collection equipment and whatnot. And, and you can collect that urine, put the preservative in it. You don't have, you know, used to, I did it all my life, but I had to keep it in the refrigerator. Then when I'd go hunting, I'd only take a little bit, you know, because I didn't want the rest of it to ruin, mm -hmm. you know. But now you don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember a time as a child where we used to save urine in little plastic <laughs> bottles and put them in the refrigerator. Mama was never proud of us. No. <laughs> no, I know. Because we never got it all in the bottle. <laughs> the majority of it was on the bottle. <laughs> and you'd set it down in the refrigerator and there may be a little pile in there. Yeah, oh, that didn't yeah. go over well at all. <laughs> and that urine is strong. It is strong. And it's made, God made it that way. I mean, he... God, I mean, he made all, we're animals, really and truly. We're animals just like we do the same thing. And they, they do the same thing. They mate the same way we do. It's like I was telling you on this TV thing, you watch those does and the things they do to tease the bucks and everything. It's just like, just like you and your girlfriend or you and your wife, you know. I mean, there's just no difference. But... Well, when you were telling that earlier, I was sitting here thinking, and you know, me thinking is always not always a great idea. But there's 60 head of black Angus cows right out there, and they run that poor bull or two through torture before they finally decide to, you know, do what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And he'll chase them around. He'll he'll get up. And he, you know, he's trying to do what he's trying to do, and they're going to slide out from under him and take off. And from what you were telling us, you know, it makes more and more sense that maybe I've been, maybe I've been watching my cows wrong all this time, <laughs> and and that's something I've done since I was a little child. Is you know, you 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 see, seeing if your bulls are working or if your cows are coming in or not, and you you know, you're always keeping up with them, and just never really quite thought about it quite that way. I always thought they were just teases, and yeah, 
and the, the doe, you know, I've heard all my life that, you know, the doe's chasing the buck and the buck's trying to get her, you know, and she won't let him that, that you know, she's not ready. She's trying to wait till she gets ready. Well, he knows when she's ready. And when she's ready and that buck gets uh, gets her, that's when that's the only time he ever snort wheezes. Okay? And what he's doing, he's blowing that across his olfactory to know exactly where she's at in her cycle, to know she's ready. But what she does, she drags him around and works him down and gets him down to where because She's got 72 hours to conceive. She wants to make dadgum sure, so she don't want that buck all rambunctious and whatever and mess up. She wants it to be perfect, so she gets him more down and tired to where he more concentrates on what he's doing and, and not make mistakes, you know. Another misconception is, and, and at our company, we try to keep prices down, and we don't we don't put stuff out there. If something, it's like I made a special ingredient one time out of white oak acorns, and I named it Acorn Ice Cream. I thought it was going to be the best thing in the world, and uh, and uh, a dead gum doe walked up there, and she wouldn't even taste it. She was back. She was scared of it. I ain't kidding you. She was scared of it. I don't. And the only the other things in it I had used before. The only thing that made it different was the white oak acorns, and we got them out of Arkansas. You know, something about them acorns. And I take, after that, I had ordered all of these big bags of acorns freshly collected and done, and, I mean, I paid big money for them. I poured them on the ground. The deer wouldn't even eat them. I don't know what the deal was, but, Hmm. you know, so we just... If it don't work and it ain't right, same way, and we're building a broadhead right now too, man. This thing's gonna it's gonna be astronomical. Remind me to show y'all one <laughs> before I leave here. Right. But but if it don't work, same thing. If it don't work, hey, we're not gonna put it out there. But but talking about the urine, okay? They sell a a single doe urine collected from a single doe, and you may pay fifty dollars an ounce for it. You know, when really and truly a two doe estrus is better than a one doe estrus. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because let's say you're hunting on a piece of property and you got two 150 uh, inch deer and you're, you'll shoot either one of them. Maybe you got one's 160 and one's 140 and you get a chance. You got your little boy with you or whatever, you know? Well, if, if you got got this this buck with this doe and she's the only doe and he he's done kicked your behooty two or three times you ain't gonna go over there and fool around you're gonna stay away from him you know but if you're smelling and you're smelling two does over there even though you think he might be over there or whatnot you, you say, got a well, chance <laughs> you got a chance exactly so yeah so all of our our doe and heat we call it my sheila um it's two doe estrus and we collect from two does and we collect also that we know the estrus content of the doe so if the estrus content doesn't meet the standards we don't collect it 
we'll bring that dough out and bring another dough in. See? So, mm-hmm. so, but working realistically, you can make a scrape, and if you spray that scrape only in the daytime, don't spray it in the dark because the butt's going to know when she's there, and you want him to come there. The best thing to do is, you know, what I'll do is like, eight nine o'clock or whatever i'll get out of my stand i'll go down there and spray my scrape whatnot get back my stand don't never leave at least an hour after you've sprayed that scrape because if if you spray it and you leave immediately and that buck comes in there and that fresh 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 and that dough ain't there he won't come back that five or six year old buck he won't come back you know something ain't right hmm this ain't right. Something's messed up. I mean, they are very, very sensitive to indifference. You do something different, it'll, it'll, it'll throw them off. They won't move, you know. Now, walking into your stand, going to your stand, you know, we try to do different things, different things. Sometimes it's better, you know, like a farmer a farmer, he'd ride out there on his tractor. There, this big monster ten point, just stand there and watch him, you know. But if he does something different, he goes out there in his truck. That dude probably gonna leave our hundred miles now. He gets used to that tractor doing that every day, every day, you know, yeah. and and lay there and and watch it. But uh, one thing I think we ought to we got a little we got that covered a little bit. We need to talk about. Um, about sin a little bit, don't you think? Yes, sir. Absolutely. And uh, some things that um, that we learned over time, you know, doing one one of the things I like to explain to people is like a lot of us use climbers, you know, because we we hunt public land a lot. I still do. I love hunting public land and. You kill a good buck on public land just makes me feel better. You oh, know? absolutely. <laughs> you feel like you've actually really accomplished something. Yes, yes. But, like, you go in there with your climber, and we all climb down the tree, and we leave that climber right there. So when the deer comes through there, that climber, you know, it's kind of hard to not leave some scent on there. So you really need to spray that climber when you come down. But the other thing is it's different. So what I've learned is, is if you take that climber and you put it up above your head mm-hmm. on hang the tree, it hang it high, spray it down, you know, cover it and get, because you set up there and you're doing stuff in it, you know, there ain't no if, and, or but. But put it up high, just one of those things. And like we was talking earlier about spraying your boots, you, um, where you think's the number one place you emit scent? Number one. I would say either head or feet. Head. Head. Exactly. And you hit number two. We all here, because of the water and the mud and the marsh, we all wearing rubber boots. That's like a air compressor. <laughs> when you're walking around, you're squishing, you're just pushing that air out of them boots, you know. People don't yeah. realize that when you're walking, you're putting three to 600 pounds of foot-pounds of pressure in those boots, and you're just pumping air out of there all the time. I spray the inside of my boots, and I spray my socks and my 
my pants and all before I put my boots on and spray the bottom of your boots. That's that's your number two spot. Most people would think it'd be under your arms or your private parts or whatnot, but really it's not. But your head is your your number one spot. Number three. What is number three? I'm gonna guess hands. It's easy. It's easy to to cover your hands and whatnot. My my thought pattern on that is, and a lot of people don't do this, so you they wouldn't even think this. But to me, it's my backpack. Mm. Where it's on my back. Yes, when you walking in there and all, you gonna sweat between that on your back, and that's why we came out with the vapor maker so that it, you didn't have to have somebody with you to spray your back. You know, you would be able to spray your back yourself because that backpack, you know, and it, and even just the other day, it was so hot in my backpack, I was sweating back there. It was wet, you know. So that that is almost really. <clears throat> as bad as you can get now the vapor maker do you hang it there beside you or how how exactly does it work yes it's just uh it's basically a miniature garden sprayer it's a pump up Hmm. bottle got an atomizing tip on it and it makes it so easy you know to spray yourself down and not skip a spot with a with a trigger or a pump sprayer you know, with that you do with yeah, your you finger, skip spots. You, you're going to skip a spin. Where you skip, you're going to get busted, you know. So it's so easy. I can spray down from head to toe in seven seconds with it. Oh, wow. The only problem with that is we redesigned them, and we're in the process. It's in the factory right now and everything. We may not get them this year, and we are out. And they have been pounding us, stores and people. But, <laughs> but it's going to be so much better than it was before because of the way the manufacturing before, the filter and all was hard to change and hard to get to. And we redesigned all that, made it so much easier for people that don't have mechanical abilities to be able to, to sure. do all the fixing parts to it, you know. So. But we was very lucky, you know, me, like I told you, I was just a construction worker, so I didn't handle a bunch of money. And this company in Arizona manufactured the first bunch for us, and we didn't have to pay eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 for all the molds back then, you know. So, yeah. But now we're having to pay for the molds and this, that, and the other, but it's going to be a, gonna be a really, really awesome thing once it's done. And putting a scent. What it'll do is, too, you put your dough and heat in there. And, of course, you got a little valve on it. You turn it off and on easily. You can spray the dough and heat in the air or the 33 or whatever in the air. Let the woods, if you got a three-mile-an-hour wind, that'll go down through the woods an eighth of a mile hmm. in in about 45 minutes, you know. Yeah. And that's why a while ago I said to, uh, you know, to – don't leave for at least an hour, you know, once you spray the scrape because a deer moving around is going to move about two miles an hour. So if it's been an hour, he can figure, well, that doe's done way off somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. So, But if he, he comes in there and it's fresh, fresh, and that doe ain't nowhere to be seen, and he's a dominant deer. Now, we've literally had, you know, bucks, small eight points, whatnot, come in there and, and uh, they just lay down under the tree and wait 
you know, think they're going to wait on that doe, yeah. wait on her to come back, you know. But you're a big dominant buck. He's, that sucker, he's going to leave our... Well, there's a question. How often does a doe revisit a scrape? Uh, just kind of depends? I would say depends on her attitude. They're just like a woman. They got, you know, they may, some of them are easy and some of them are hard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd that'd be a hard question for for me to answer. I, I don't know, but I would pretty much, I would say at least every night. Yeah, every day. That they probably Sometime come through, through there. Now, now, we put cameras on them and whatnot and with the bucks, it, it kind of runs about, unless it's hot, hot, and he's really looking for that doe right then and there, if he's still moving and got other does around, you're looking at about three days. And that's why I tell people, do it three days in a row. Mm-hmm. And then normally that fourth day, you, you're going to see that deer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I know we're we're kind of getting toward the the end of the show, but I think one of the more popular things that I've seen, at least lately, with with your line of products, are your lights. Tell yeah. us tell us a little bit about your lights and 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 what you've what you've done with them. We're the only company in the world that puts an LCD screen just like what's on your cell phone. It tells you how many hours of runtime and what bat percent of your batteries plus the battery bar so you know when to charge your light. And our lights run 10 hours on high, 20 hours on low, the ones that have a two-part switch. We have a new one now we call a four-point that has a three-position three switch, and it'll run 30 hours on low. Hmm. And they um and it's the closest thing I ever seen, the four-point, it's the closest thing I ever seen to a Q-beam. Yeah. It's awesome. I know I have the one, um, I don't even know what you call it. It's a smaller light, the one that sets 10 and 20 hours, I guess mm-hmm. it is. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's probably you, the same one that I demonstrated right, the other night. The same night. one you have yeah. on the video. Yeah. Yeah. You got the, that's the three watt. Okay. Yeah. We we actually, we have a three watt, a five watt, a eight watt with a rheostat switch on it so you can set it it'll run 60 hours on low oh, you wow. can set it wherever you want and then we got the 10 watt which comes with all your colored lenses for night hunting and this that and the other then we we got another 10 watt that we call a four point and then we got a 20 watt that we call a frog mm. um well, judging from the way the three water shine, I bet they, I bet that'll put out some light. <laughs> the ten watt, it, everybody was, oh my god, this is unbelievable! And we walked out that one night with the ten watt, and we turned the ten watt on and turned the four point on, and it was like the ten watt wasn't even burning. I mean, <laughs> wow. I, I like to fell out, you know. But when you do something like that, and then when you get it, you say, oh my golly, you know. It's just been so awesome, and but marketing is tough. I'm gonna tell you, marketing. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. Marketing is yeah. unbelievable. It is. It is so hard. And and then when you got like us right now, we got four of the top hunting products in the world right now, and fixing to have more than that when we get this other. This kayak thing's gonna be the biggest, probably the biggest thing ever. But you know, to get somebody to pick it up, yeah. you know, and people, 
it is so crooked out there today. You know, you call somebody and say, yeah, I got this light, and it'll do this, this, and this, and the guy on the other end said, ain't no way. You know, it was like today I was telling the guy I had a, at the, I was over at the sports center over there, and a guy, when I was trying to tell him, he said, ain't no way, you can't do that, ain't no way. Well, I had a guy with the dough and heat come to the shop. He said, ain't no way you can do that. I said, where you live at? He said, he'd already told me he owns 3,000 acres. I said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to come over there. And we we went over there. We made three scrapes, and he had bucks on there he ain't never even seen before. You know? <laughs> well, there is a way. <laughs> yeah. And this was Made in, a believer. And we did it in August. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was still 100 degrees out. No you doubt. Know? We did it in August. It's, it's all on the, you know, our Facebook videos. Yeah. You can watch and and good bucks too so uh so mr x tell everybody kind of how they can find you where they can get your products and 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 market yourself a little bit here (laughs) (laughs) well we have two websites the we have vapor trail outdoors and vapor trail sense.com vapor trail outdoors.com and vapor trail sense.com the office telephone number is 601 eight oh seven two five oh two so you can call there uh miss christie is very good um easily to talk to and will take care of you in every way and y'all are also on social media too right yes we're on facebook and we have an instagram but in all honesty we don't have time we (laughs) we try to post on it but we do keep the facebook kind of up to date and uh but we're mostly mostly on the facebook good deal and uh, y'all are in a lot of stores locally and nationally correct oh yes oh yes we're we're getting all over and and christy's really working on that right now i mean we're we're starting with the lights to to put it in even the truck stops and auto Mm -hmm. parts and we got mechanics that use these lights every day all day long we sell to the railroad the railroad they they wear them in their switchgear yard all night. They charge them all day and wear them mm-hmm. all night, and they'll get about a year and three months out of them. That's pretty good. And then and it, they're even good then, but you just don't have the battery. You can tell the battery's yeah. starting to, you know, the batteries are good for five hundred. They're lithium ion. They're good for five hundred charges. So I mean, you should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I've got mine is almost five years old. My very first one with the LCD screen up. Now we made the black ones before that were that would run, you know, twenty hours, but we didn't have no LCD screen. It just got aggravating. You didn't know when to charge it. You know, yeah. and you'd go. Right now, most guys that are hunting pretty much, you know, that are workers and you hunt, they hunt much as they can about three months before they have to charge it yeah you know well mr rex we appreciate it man we are we are running out of time here but uh everybody y'all check out vapor trail sense look at all those products that that we just described here and uh we thank y'all for listening to this episode of outdoor country talk with jacob and jeremy god bless Lord, to make you feel alright I got the windows down I got the radio on